Can we do something? Um, can we all stand? And we'll take a moment of silence just to remember all those that have served this great country that we call the United States of America. It's because of the blood that was shed that we enjoy the rights that we have here. But we also pause and reflect on the fact that our forefathers sought the hand of God. And we need the hand of Jesus to be upon our land. So we pause. Heavenly Father, we we bask in the quietness and the stillness of your presence, declaring that you are the source that can heal our country. We remember every person that gave their lives so that we could enjoy the rights and the privileges that we enjoy in this country we call the United States of America. Let us go back to the reality of unity. Lord, bring healing to our land. Give wisdom to our leaders. Let the older teach the younger the reverence that we have in humility and respect. And may we never forget the price that has to be paid for the freedom that we, en that we enjoy. And as a church, Lord God, we understand that because Jesus gave the ultimate, he paid the ultimate price so that we could have freedom in him. So we thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. We welcome the online campus. And uh, we welcome everyone who's in person here and everyone who will be at the Kearney campus. We welcome you as well. I'm going to take a minute to pray for the families um, in Texas um, and uh, just that whole um, town, what they're going through. So if you'll, if you'll join with me. God, I, I thank you, God, in all circumstances, Lord, we thank you that you are faithful. And God, we know that in this world there is evil, and God, you tell us in your word that we will have trouble, but be encouraged because you have overcome the world. You have overcome the evil. But it's still, we still see it. It still affects us. And so God, right now, in your name, I pray for the families that have <coughs> lost loved ones in Texas, 
God, for families that have lost their, their little children, grandchildren. Our hearts hurt with them, God. You tell us to mourn with those that mourn. So, Father, we hurt with them. We pray for your comfort. We pray for your peace. We pray that the church in that area will rise up and that they will be your hands and feet and that they will minister to these families. Love on these families. Father, we pray for that community, that school district. We know that it's there's just probably a lot of chaos and, and uh, God, we come against the attack on that. Please, right. in Jesus' name, we come against that. We pray, God, that all of that would be put aside and, and our focus would be on how we need to allow uh, God back in the schools and how we need to spend money to help protect our children, instead of spending money on things that don't matter. And so, God, we just lift this whole situation up to you, asking for your hand to remain on the situation. Lead and guide uh, everyone, Father, especially those that are yours and what they should do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 What a wonderful prayer. I want to piggyback on that. Um, because life is a lot about hindsight, right? You know, hindsight tells us this is what we should have done. But the reality is we, uh, we don't know that until it happens. And there's a lot of finger pointing when things happen, especially a tragedy like happened, like what happened in, in uh, Ulvade. Texas. But Sean and I, you know, we're parents of, uh, of educators. Sean has been in education, so we understand the school system. We also, uh, family uh, parents, you know, my son-in-law is a police officer, continuously going into the most dangerous of places with usually not a lot of support from from mainstream. But here's what I would like for us to do as a church. I would like for us to be a part of the solution, not the problem. And the solution is that we pray. The solution is that we bring some positivity. If it's advice, let's bring positivity. Let's, 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 let's thank our police officers. Let's thank our teachers for what they do. Let's thank our students. Let's thank our military. We're better together. And we're worse when we're apart and divided. And so I just want for us to really grab a hold of, of the reality of what we're living in right now. And let's be a church that, that lifts the banner high of love and grace and justice. But the word of God says that justice belongs to who? To the Lord. And he's going to take care of things very, very well. I believe that with all my heart. So um, my heart, my heart is, is definitely going out to the families right now. Oh, there's, a, there's a third thing that we wanted to bring to you. Sean and I had her come up with me. Um, we have been uh, serving 
at Living Word Chapel in ministry for over 20 years. Nine years as an associate pastor. Uh, associate pastor, yeah. I could, even, I could even back up to that because my wife got hired on to do the music before I ever, I was still underground in the mine. Yeah, so he didn't, making hire, copper. He didn't hire me. I was hired no. before him. Yeah. <laughs> By the senior pastor that was here before he hired me to, to right. be the praise and worship leader. So. Well, why am, I saying, why am I saying all this? Why are you saying all this? So, um, the elders have very graciously um, not only recommended but said that you guys need some time off. And so I just want to apprise uh, our congregation, our family, you are our family, that uh, starting the last week of June until the whole month of July, Sean and I are going to be on a sabbatical. And sabbatical... <laughs> Thank you. Now, I don't even know if I know how to do this. In fact, I, I mentioned to you guys that I went and saw a counselor, and, and uh, he said you need a sabbatical as well. <laughs> but, uh, but, but he, you, counselors can read you for some reason. I don't know. He, he, he has the Holy Spirit. I know that. But he said, I know you don't like to have a lot of time alone, James. I can see that in you. But if you can at least take a week off by yourself, um, do that because you need it. You need to you need to get some some time alone. But we've um, we've got some things set up that we're going to be doing. We're going to be going to uh, Arkansas first week, and then we're going to be going to. He, he doesn't have to tell. I don't have to tell you all that, but I want I want you so you you can be praying yeah, for us. Yeah, just pray for us. And then we have a trip to Orlando. And if you want details of everywhere we're going to be, we'll do a little paper and hand it out. At yeah, 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 the yeah. But that's it. That's all the plans that we have. That's what I wanted. I wanted to get to that place. That's all the plans that we have. Because after that, we're going to let the Lord direct us. But I wanted you to know. And the reason that I want you to know is because I, all, I want you to know that the leadership here is outstanding, number one. And number two is that we have um, some uh, pastors and speakers that will be coming while we're gone in our absence that are incredible. So the first week, you're going to have uh, Gary Kinneman, who will be here, Dr. Gary Kinneman, who's an amazing, uh, amazing communicator of God's word. And then the month of July, you're going to have Pastor Jack Schull, who will be here from Element City Church, and he'll be doing a series that I know is going to be very enriching and, and a blessing to everybody. So before we took this time off, we were intentional about making sure that you're taken care of and that we're all taken care of. But uh, I want you to be in prayer um, and, and uh, just believe it's going to be better. It's going to be better for everybody. And God is good. So, so that's what's happening. You can talk to me about the details. Shana, she won't let me give them right now. I've always told my children there are no secrets in our house. Like, your dad tells everything. <laughs> If you want to know the hotel we're going to be staying at, he can give you all that information. Amen. Thank you, babe. <clears throat> I am just made that way. There's no secrets in my life. So we're going to go back to go forward. Okay? 
we, uh, we completed a series on mental health. And before that, we were doing what study? What, what book were we in? For all you, John, the Gospel of John, we got to chapter 4. We completed chapter 4. Remember the woman at the well? And then remember the Samaritans who then got saved through this woman that, uh, that became bold in her faith? Remember, just raise your hand if you remember, just so I can know that you're, you're, you're with me. Okay, then, then, then we got to the place where there was an official, a very noble man, who had a son that was sick, and he asked Jesus to go with him to heal him. And Jesus spoke the word, and that, that official's uh, son was healed. Remember that? Well, we're going to go back to John, because it's, it's, it's where the Lord has us right now, and, and we're going to go to uh, uh, chapter 5, verse 1 through 15, and we're going to see a story about a, a person that had an ailment for 38 years, and if you're in here, and maybe you've been going through a struggle for year after year after year after year, you need to know that God is with you, and he sees what's going on. God's timing, he's never late, and he's never early. He's always on time. And we see that in the, in the story. But I want to start out, because I titled, I titled the message, Pick It Up. Pick it up. How many of you have ever been told to pick something up? It, it, it starts when you're growing up and your mom says, pick up your socks, right? It, it may have been your dad saying, pick up the trash and take it out to the dumpster. And you know you have to do that with children and teenagers. You have to explain every detail, right? Dad, you just said to pick, it, pick up the trash. That's how you said, no, pick it up and take it to the dumpster, Right? Maybe it was at work and your boss said, pick up the shovel and move the dirt. I worked underground and before that my dad was a plumber. So he taught me very young how to excavate and dig so we can put pipe in, gas pipe, water pipe, whatever it was. And so I, 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 I learned to use the shovel. It never fit my hands real well. But he would say, pick it up. Maybe, maybe you, you had a partner that you worked with or, or maybe you've done something and, 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 and a person has says, I'm going to get this side, you get that side, and we will both, we will pick it up, right? Uh, you, you may have been the one saying to someone else, pick it up. In other words, there's some, there's some bosses in here. There's managers that are in here. And if you think about it, there's power in those words. Pick it up is a declaration of action. It's a necessary movement. It's a directive that brings accomplishment. When someone tells me, uh, on the golf course, and I'm on the green, and I, and I putt, and they say, pick it up. That's a gimme. 
What do you do? All right. For you that are non-golfers, you're like, for you that are golfers, you're laughing because pick it up is a wonderful thing. I, I worked underground for the first part of my life, and, and I would never, I would never have reached my God-given destiny when they shut the mind down if I didn't pick it up and know that God had other plans. You see, there, there are, there's sometimes that you're in a relationship and that relationship is not a good relationship for you. It's not a God relationship for you. And you got to pick it up and move. There's sometimes that you're in a job. I was talking to someone recently, last week in fact, and they were talking about how much they hated their job, how their job just drained them and they had so much anxiety. They had all these things. And as I heard them and heard them and I said, why don't you do something else. But when you do something else, you have to what? Pick it up. You've got to pick it up. Sometimes you've got to pick up a book and read to get more knowledgeable. Sometimes you, you should be picking up your Bible so that you can understand the word of truth more. We pick up a, 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 a glass of water because we need to stay hydrated. I really believe that today God is speaking to someone, whether you are here in the Oracle in-person service or you're watching online or you're in Kearney and you're watching through, through live stream, that, that God is speaking to you that it's time to pick something up in your life and follow God. Because what happens is whatever you need to pick up can become your identity. We're going to see as Jesus talks to this person that was, that was lame and, and he, he had this ailment, he could not walk, that he was identifying with the mat that he laid on constantly. Every day, every day, he was known by a person that begged and was, and was looking for some kind of charity. And all he did and all he relied on was a mat that he laid on day after day after day after day. And let me tell you something, beloved. A lot of us have a mat in our lives. That's just a figurative way of saying we all have something that we identify with, and that's who you become. And the Lord says, pick it up. You can never become who God wants you to be. You can never become who God wants you to be without picking something up in your life and following Jesus. Here's how the narrative goes. Chapter 5, if you've got your Bible, go there. If you've got your, uh, your smart device and your Bible app, you can go there. Chapter 5, verse 1. I'm reading from the NLT. It says, Afterward, Jesus returned to Jerusalem for one of the Jewish holy days. And inside the city near the sheep gate, the gates that go into the temple, okay, was the pool of Bethesda 
with five covered porches. Just picture this with me, okay, five covered porches. There's a gate that he's got to walk through. There's a pool called the Pool of Bethesda, and crowds of sick people, blind and lame or paralyzed, they lay on the porches. Okay, so as Jesus walks in, just picture this with me. As he walks in, it's not a place where people are rejoicing. They're not dancing the salsas and the cumbias and all these things. They're all laying there, sick, paralyzed, lame, hurting, begging. And one of the men lying there had been sick for 38 years. And when Jesus saw him and he knew he had been ill for a long time, he asked him, would you like to get well? Have you noticed that sometimes God asks us questions that they're, they're, you know he knows the answer? Are you tired of what you're going through? Lord, you know that I'm tired of what I'm going through. Jesus asked Peter, Peter, do you love me? Peter says, Lord, you know that I love you. Well, feed my sheep. Do you love me, Peter? He asked him second time. Lord, you know that I love you. Feed my lambs. Tend to them. Lord, uh, he says, Peter, do you love me a third time? Lord, you know all things. Why are you asking me this three times? It's the same thing right here. He's talking to this layman. Do you want to get well? What's the layman going to say? No, Lord, I just love being here paralyzed. Verse 7, I can't, sir. I love it. I can't. I can't puts it in who we are without God. I can't. Here's what you need to know. You can't. You can't. But God can. I can't represents it's me doing it in my own ability, me doing it in my own power. I cannot do things in my own power. There are things in my life that are too big for me. For I have no one to put me into the pool when the water bubbles up. Someone else always gets there ahead of me. And, so, and think about it, that's how we are. Lord, someone else is getting all the money. Someone else is getting all the vacations. Someone else is getting all the promotions. Someone else is getting this. Someone else is getting that. We're always comparing ourselves to other people. Jesus told him, and I love this, this is the whole thrust of our, of our message. Jesus told him, he says, stand up and pick it up. Stand up and pick up your mat and walk. Stand up and pick up your mat and walk. Now it's him and God. Let me tell you something, beloved. Sometimes we need to be us and God. Because let me tell you that most of the time, hear me now, we're always comparing ourselves to everybody else. The Apostle John, when Jesus said, follow me, I mean, when, when, when I'm sorry, when, when Peter, the same, the same passage where Jesus says, do you love me? Tend my sheep, feed my sheep, take care of my lambs. When he says that, he says to Peter, they're going to lead you. When you get older, when you were young, you did whatever you wanted to. But when you get older, they're going to lead you places you never wanted to be led. You're going to do things that you didn't want to do. And he, Peter right away looks to John. He says, what about him? Is he going to do the same thing, Lord? Is he, is he going to go? Are they going to take him where he doesn't want to be? 
Jesus looks and he says, if I want him to stay until I come back, so be it. You follow me. Hear me now, beloved. That's what Jesus does with us as individuals. It's a you and him relationship. It's not what everyone's doing down the street. It's not what everyone's doing across the country. It's not this or that. It's a relationship with the almighty God. Instantly, the man was healed. He rolled up his sleeping mat and he began walking. But this miracle, don't you love the butts of the Bible? And they're small butts and big butts. But this miracle happened on what? On the Sabbath. So the Jewish leaders objected. Who cares if you're healed? Why are you carrying your mat? Who cares if people are getting saved? Why are you doing this? We've done this in the church for years. Do not move it. <laughs> 